People look at job hunting as a rather passive activity. And I like to give people the power and realize that you're really a wanted you know, commodity or object. Like giving you the power back in the search and the power to say no in your search is really important. Case point, one of my clients is texting me this morning. He's looking at opportunities, he's getting some things coming in. And he's like, well, what about this? And I said, well, what do you think? He's like, I want to say no to this. So having the power to say no, taking the taking the high ground in your search is going to be really critical. So that's something I, I do a lot differently. Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie, and I am super excited to have one of my new business friends here on the podcast. Today with me, I have Eric Morse, who is the founder of Ideal Career Coach. Eric, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Ruthie, for having me. So I'm really excited. Eric and I, so this episode, we're going to talk about Eric's entrepreneur journey and kind of how he got started. And then the next episode, we have something really juicy for y'all. So you're going to definitely want to tune in um, for both episodes and we'll have them in the show notes. But I guarantee by the end of his episode series, you're definitely going to want to connect with them and keep Eric in your back pocket, I promise. So just a little bit about him before we get started. Eric, like I mentioned, is the founder of Ideal Career Coach, and his story begins with wanting to become, wait for it, a medical doctor. And spoiler alert, he is not a doctor. (laughs) But he did study pre-medicine at the University of Santa Cruz. However, he quickly realized that the life of a doctor wasn't for him. And so he transitioned into science, where he landed a job in a research laboratory investigating stem cell research. So the lab ended up being really isolating for him and he wanted more human interaction. Yeah, I'd probably lose my mind. But after about five years, he changed careers to become a technical recruiter. So he recruited in an agency and then he moved over to pharmacology, even worked at Google and helped scale up a uh, San Francisco startup. So once kind of recruitment had kind of run its course for him, he decided to change over to technical sales. And he did that for over two years, selling everything from laboratory supplies, instrumentation of robots. So being a career coach is a culmination of all of his struggles and the lessons that he learned along the way. And now he helps people find their ideal job. So again, Eric, thank you so much. Wow, Ruthie, thank you. You summed it up quite a lot better than I could. Yeah, I just have to give a shout out to Ruthie and you know, Defiant Podcast. If you're not following her on, on Facebook or LinkedIn or any motive just her takes uh, are really good and i've been internalizing them as well so thanks a lot for for doing that putting yourself out there yeah that's a good summary of my background and i think the common theme from all that is i always really loved helping people but 
I didn't quite know what that was or how to differentiate that until I found out that I loved helping people that specifically wanted my help. So I'm absolutely mm. determined when people reach out to me for help, I help, I stop at nothing. I really do. And that's just a defining moment in this journey and figuring out who I am and what I like to offer the world. And it really is kind of that core concept that's really um, helped drive me along the way. That's amazing. And, and you know, you kind of hit that one um, right on the head for sure is helping people who actually want help. And I know it, it like some people might consider that like, oh, you're just kind of abandoning everybody else. But I actually prefer to think of it as respecting people's journey, respecting where they're at in their journey. If they can't see at all that my that my help would benefit them, then they may not be at the point in their journey where it makes sense. And it's not my responsibility. And in fact, it would be unethical to try to force them or manipulate them for their own good. You know, you have to be very careful when, you know, we talk about like the ends justifying the means and all of that. Like, is it justifiable to manipulate somebody when your intent is to help them? And I'd have to say no. Exactly. And, you know, figuring that out about myself really was, again, a key defining moment because I did do jobs like sales and recruiting which are very much like, hey, you want to help people, but they might actually not want your help the entire time, especially in sales. You're kind of just going out there and you know, pushing the sale. And with recruiting, you know, it's a, it's a thankless profession. It's very difficult. So the people out there that are doing it, you know, I understand what you're in for. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's not all the time that these people want your help. It's a very kind of mercury environment. And I found myself when I was recruiting just giving people the best opportunity, doing tons of coaching, love doing the interview stuff, love redoing their resume, love being that that resource for them. And I actually never knew that career coaching was a, was a job. I didn't even know this could be a profession. It was not until I was on a technical sales role and one of my coworkers was miserable in her job. So I sat down and redid her resume, helped her source for jobs, interviewed, helped negotiate. and. She point blank said, you're really good at this. And not only that, you're doing it for free and you love doing this. Like, I've never seen you so excited. She's like, why don't you just become a career coach? And I like scoffed. Or, That's not a real job. Like, how is that a job? And it wasn't until several people actually after that had started to approach me and wanting a similar service. Mm. And I should back up a little bit. Even before I was a recruiter, I was always doing resumes. I was doing resumes from my brothers, my friends. I don't know why, but people just naturally, I was just gravitated. Like, hey, can you help me out with my resume? Hey, you seem to like know this stuff really well. So I just was doing this stuff on the side and it became an actual profession. A lot transpired along the way to actually get there. We'll probably chat about that and the ups and the downs and the left and the rights. But I, again, just listening to myself was really critical, listening to the world and you know, figuring out where you fit in is, is really important. And that's what I want to do with career coaching too, helping people fit in. So, All right. So actually, let's, let's talk about those ups and downs then. So those, those career changes, right? Like you had quite a few and, and some of them were incredibly different. So did you, in retrospect, were your reasons for switching out of these various careers, did they have any commonalities or did every time you switch, it was just like, oh, I just learned something new about myself and, and it was always new every time? Yeah, that's a great question. And yeah, I struggled for as long as I could remember with my career. 
I just was never felt like I fit in. I never, I was always at odds with whatever job I had. I was always either, I've been fired from jobs. I've been, you know, had on performance plans, talked to by companies. It's just, it's, it's not like I was really good at what I did. It's just the kinetic of where I was, wasn't in a proper alignment. So yeah, my, back to your question, my, my career is absolutely not linear whatsoever. I, I, mm-hmm. I've gone from, you know, bench research to recruiting to sales and, I've had a weird odd jobs before that. Like I've worked in a kitchen. I've done like facilities for a, a biotech company. So I, I was kind of like always trying to figure out what made sense to me. And I just really felt like I didn't fit into where I was at. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that tension was for me. As in, like the, the tension was, but now that I look back on it, is I really like to lead. I, I love to be in control. I love to lead. I, I just have this really expansive and optimistic and also just imaginative mind that really likes to grow. And, and when you're not in an environment that supports that, it seems to be at sort of conflict with who you are. And that yeah. was, again, hitting rock bottom several times was definitely something that, you know, I found in myself. I'm like, you know, something's not right. And it wasn't, I'll be transparent. It wasn't until I saw a career coach who I think to this day, we're still friends that we sat down with a number of assessments and kind of had the, and one of the assessments I still give today, it was sort of the eye opener for me to realize, Hey, there's something about your behavior itself that is in conflict with the work that you're doing. And I think that's really important. And I'll, if you want, I could speak to length as the assessment itself. But once I figured that out, I'm like, sort of things started opening up for me and things started making sense. Mm-hmm. But it took a while after the assessment. It wasn't like the next day. But once I started to kind of realize the world around me, that's when the door started opening on this phase. That is amazing. So so actually, so a couple of things came to mind for me. But so the last several months, I've been doing a deep dive into like consciousness and like the, you know, quantum physics and all that stuff, right? And you and I have talked about it. And just yesterday, I finished the Celestian Prophecy or Celestine Prophecy. Yeah, highly recommend um, for anybody who's listening. I should have read it a long time ago. But but it's interesting to me is like when we are, because I believe in like an intelligent universe, right? A conscious universe. When we are outside of alignment with what it is, right? Like our natural gifts and, and the things that really set our spirits on fire that just make us feel lifted, right? Like what you were describing when you worked with your coworker, like she said it, she's like, I've never seen you. So like, like she could see it like in you. Right. And like, we could see it in body language and stuff, but I'm willing to bet if, if we could have measured like your actual energy, right? Like that would have been different because you would have just been intaking so much and being able to then pour out. When we're in positions or situations where we cannot do that, I feel like one of two things happens. Either it's an external thing where the universe is like, well, you're not listening. So it just makes you super unhappy. And so you eventually move, right? Because pain makes you move. Or, you know, internally, it becomes something internal where you would almost like sabotage yourself to then be outside of a, you know, outside of this particular arrangement. We see people do it in relationships all of the time, right? Where they're like unhappy in a relationship and then they sabotage it. So this other person will break up with them or whatever. But it sounds to me like, you know, you just, you were, I had a similar experience in which I, I feel like I can fit very well 
in different scenarios and situations. I'm very good at that, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be happy. And then those things mentally end up conflicting. It's like, why can't I be happy doing this thing that I'm good at? Why? (laughs) But it's because it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. So I would like to know more. Like, what's the what's that assessment called? I'm curious. I because I use a few in my own work. I've taken, of course, like I feel like I've taken a bajillion at this point. So I'm curious. So I'm a huge fan of the DISC assessment. Yes. Yeah, DISC. I think that's a yes. wonderful assessment. And there's, I don't want to like drop their the company name right now because I don't know if I can. But there's one company I prefer versus other ones out there. And we we can probably trade notes later. Okay. Um, All right. But I'm a huge fan of the behavioral assessment. I think it's really accurate as far as observable traits. You can mm-hmm. you can nail that pretty well. Things that are cl- closer to the emotional equivalent or your EQ or what is it? EQ? Yes. IQ, I can't remember. EQ. Are a little bit, little bit more difficult for me, you know, as a career coach to assess. So I don't get too deep with people on, on, those, on those fronts because it's just not in my... I'm not as good at that. I, I'm very good with behavior. I'm very good with understanding that. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of DISC. I think there's a lot. It depends on, again, a lot of people, I'll disclaimer to your, your listeners out there, there's a lot of online free DISC stuff. Please take that with a grain of salt because DISC, a proper DISC assessment has a very robust data mm-hmm. set behind it. And yes. If you don't have a robust data set behind it, you're going to get a different signal and it's going to be able, it's going to have a lot of probably not true information. So I'm not just saying, oh, you got to go to somebody who's properly trained. I would recommend it so you can get a proper assessment that has at least validated, a validated instrument that has some sort of scientific Mm -hmm. ground to it. Yes, for sure. I, I use the disc in my work as well as the, there's an EQ assessment that I do use. I'm certified in emotional intelligence as an EQ coach. So I love to dive in there. And then there's a couple other ones that we use too. But yeah, the getting, when I got my first disc done, like that was just like, oh, oh, yeah. oh, you know, it's just like all these things. Oh, and the motivators assessment. I love that one too. Oh yeah, I've done, I got motivators too. I think we're probably using the same company. So we could talk about maybe. <laughs> okay. It sounds very, um, it sounds okay. very similar, which is good. It and, does, and right? I always say the the assessment is as good as the analysis and the application. So mm-hmm. that's just my disclaimer yeah. about them. I don't rely heavily on them. I'm just like, hey, here's some good things to think about. This might be why your work is not making right. sense, or why things are not in order with the work. So I really tailor it towards. The work environment mm-hmm. and that's why the eq and the motivators for me the level of work and level of application i do with them i try not to get into too much stuff that's too deep so mm, okay all right so what made you switch from being an employee to entrepreneurship and and the ideal career coach what was that like kind of scenario for you where it went from hey i'm doing this on the side and this is fun and people keep coming to me to you know what I think I'm going to make this like a whole thing. I'm going to invest in it and make it like my whole business. What started that? I love the question. It wasn't like, it wasn't some seamless transition. It started Mm -hmm. as an idea and it started escalating because I have a scientific background. I decided to test and test the market for what I had. So I had a hypothesis about, hey, could Eric be career coach, resume writer, LinkedIn guy? And I, I did some 
some market research, some testing uh, within the people that I know. And it really started to develop from there where there was a unmet need for what I could do because there really isn't too many people doing what I do out there for the efficiency. So I, I, once I got the validated test in there, I just, I worked with a coach personally and I thank him to this day. If I could give a shout out to coach Jim Kaspari, he's, he helped me get over to the ledge and, and take the leap. And if you don't have a good coach out there, everybody needs a coach. Everybody needs a consultant. Everybody needs somebody to talk to in their life for these things. I'm just a huge proponent of this because I've made leaps and bounds to be able to do this. I usually say any entrepreneur that didn't have some outside guidance and they tell you they didn't, they're lying. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> there's always somebody eats it in their head. Maybe it's with the almighty. Maybe it's who knows, but there's always some sort of guidance there and it helped me make that leap. And it, it was a, is a scary leap. I quit my job. I, I just quit everything and started this up from scratch. And it was terrifying yet completely liberating at the same time. And it, things started to make sense once I realized how my brain and behavior work with running a business. And it's just, it's, I love that fire and that unknown and it keeps me going. So I, I just realized it was a great fit to be an entrepreneur. It all made sense for my disc. And my <laughs> disc is like totally like, Ding, you should be. Okay. So uh, yeah. So that's pretty <laughs> exciting. Honestly, I had a, I've had a pretty similar leap in, I mean, I planned it, but I quit my job while uh, on maternity leave after having my fourth child. And I had decided that I was going to use my maternity leave as my test, as like my, my mm -hmm. experiment. Like, okay, I had scaled up to like part-time with clients before I had my child. So I was like, let's see if I could take it like full-time, right? Like basically double my income during my maternity leave. So I had my baby, fourth baby, right? Two weeks later, I was in my bed, typing on my computer, looking for clients, <laughs> You know, which doesn't sound super great, but it's just I, I had something I wanted to do it. I wanted to try and doing it within the container of my maternity leave gave me a little bit of security because I was able to uh, still collect like my we don't have maternity pay, of course, maternity leave here in the United States, really. But I was collecting disability during like the first six weeks of my maternity leave. And then the last six weeks were unpaid, but it did mean that they couldn't fire me in case I was like, oh, I had no idea what I was doing. Why did I think that was a good idea that I could go back to work? <laughs> but okay. So it just disclaimer you, to your list, my list, yeah. everybody's listeners right now from a career coaching perspective. I don't necessarily recommend just the cold turkey. Everybody talks about it online and all these I other do. things. It's just like, oh, yeah, just quit your job tomorrow kind of things. Everything's going to work out. I would say you need proper data in order to be able to make that assessment. And one of the things, again, I'm going to get back to is can your behavioral type handle that sort of scenario? So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, I, I was, I was, geez, I had been doing it for six or seven months or so before. And then yeah. like another two months where I, I was testing out full time. So I definitely didn't just be like, oh, I'm going to quit my job and just Google some stuff and I'll be fine. And there's a lot of security in doing that. Actually, I was able to turn down you know, proposals that were like pennies because I was like, I still have a job, so I'm still getting a paycheck. So I'm going to say no to this, you know? So yeah, so I definitely would, you know, it seemed sudden for some people looking from the outside in, but it, you know, something I had been planning for a while. I usually um, say two reservoirs. That is a really good point. Yeah. Two reservoirs when people ask me like, oh, should I just quit everything and start my job? 
I usually you basically need two two reservoirs, a financial reservoir and an emotional reservoir, or one or the other. He's, though you're going to dig deep on those things and it's going to test you. Financially, it might not worry some people, but the emotional uh, piece might really come into play. You might be making money, but is, emotionally, is it really set up? And you know more about that than I do. So uh, I would just look, I, maybe it's not completely like bifurcated into one or both, but that's just my random musings on that topic. I mean, for some people it can be, for some people it's not, you know, it's, it's, it's a very case by case basis, but I do like what you're saying there about having both because reflecting on my own experience, getting started, I definitely needed both and having that support system to help support me emotionally and bolster me on like the low days, but also people to kind of fly high with me on the high days, you know, that's, that's just as important as well as the you know, just financially speaking, like I said, it helped a lot that we that I, I was, you know, still employed for a while. And then of course, like having my husband's paycheck still being a thing like that was really important for us. So yeah, I would say that those two, that's definitely really good points. <laughs> All right. So I like to close out every episode with the every journey episode with the same question. And so, you know, when you kind of look at your industry and the people working in it, not as a put down necessarily, right? But what makes your business defiant? What makes you stand out in the industry when compared to others? And by stand out, I just mean to your ideal client, why do you why are you the shiny rock in the box? Oh, I love that question. Yeah, there's there's a lot in there. First, let me start out by there's there's a couple things I would say that is very defiant in the nature of the way I do things. First, people look at job hunting as a rather passive activity, and I like to give people the power and realize that you're really a wanted, you know, commodity or object. Like giving you the power back in the search and the power to say no in your search is really important. Case point, one of my clients is texting me this morning. He's looking at opportunities. He's getting some things coming in. And he's like, well, what about this? And I said, well, what do you think? He's like, I want to say no to this. So having the power to say no, taking the taking the high ground in your search is going to be really critical. So that's something I, I do a lot different. Um, another thing is I'm really results and data, you know, very much focused on process. And I'm not a life coach. I'm not going to sit here and really give you like, you know, I'm going to listen to you. I, I People have said my, my coaching program is a mix between, you know, Tony Robbins and a drill sergeant. So it's, it's a very good mix of both, but I'm very much results oriented more so than probably any other coach I know out there. Like I will stop at nothing to really get you the results at the end of the day. And I'm very process heavy, very much. We're going to get results. Like this is how we're going to do things. So it's pretty systematic the way we're going to go about working together. I will also say defiant in nature that I've failed a lot and I've learned a lot. I've clean, I've been to more career coaches than probably most people have throughout my history. So I've gleaned a lot between what works, what doesn't work. I've transitioned jobs multiple times between different industries and different skill sets. So having somebody that's seen all that is going to be just way different than somebody that hasn't. Plus I've recruited for years. I understand mm-hmm. the pulse of industry. So there's a lot of that's going out, like kind of smashing the system about how, again, giving you giving you the job secret, the power is critical in this whole situation that you're not just feeling like, oh my goodness, like 
I'm just applying online and not getting the results or I'm, I'm kind of networking and nobody wants to talk to you. Like, let's change the whole paradigm about that is going to be critical going forward. And that's because what sets me. I know that's what separates me from the rest of the people out there. Okay. Well, for everybody listening, I hope you heard that. He said he knows, like he put some emphasis, he put some sauce on that. No, right. He knows. And for the business owners listening, you too should also know with that, you know, that certainty. He didn't shout it. He didn't, you know, scream it. There were no bold underlined italics there, but all the same, there was a lot of power, a lot of energy in that no that he just delivered for us. All right. So this is the end of our first episode. And I mean, to be honest, Eric and I talked for like 20 minutes before I hit record. So it's we could really go on for quite some time. But what I want to do is let you know that Eric's going to have another episode released next week. And we're actually going to dive into an area of his expertise. So in this episode, we got to know him a bit better, learned a bit more about his journey, what makes his business defiant and different in the space that he's in. and next week, we are going to talk about a wonderful topic. I'm super excited. I'm not going to spoil it, but I know that you're going to love it. So make sure you hit subscribe, share this episode, particularly if you have anybody who, you know, potentially could be on the market for a new job. Maybe this time around, they actually decide to, to get some help instead of going it alone. But Eric, thank you so much for joining me for today's episode. And I'm really excited to share our next one. Thank you, Ruthie. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Status Quo Biz, and the link is in this episode's description. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.